It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday april 25th and you're listening to episode 517 as always i am your host jason here today joined by amy veo uh founder of pink tiger games uh also game designer and i'm excited to chat with her about what she's got going on how you doing amy hi i'm very good how are you doing very well doing very well i'm glad we uh we finally got to meet we are uh, I'm sure uh, based on our Twitter, we have a lot of the same friends. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it's always good to meet a designer and a publisher who I haven't chatted with before. And, uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. No, happy to, um, I have to thank Heather Newton, uh, who linked us up to chat, um, which I was thankful for. So, uh, it's great when, it's great when your friends can give you other people to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> so you can thank meet you. people outside of your own circle. For sure. The circles just grow and grow and grow. We all know each other. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, I always joke, you know, that so many times with designers, we've been in the same room before at some point in some convention or something. Maybe. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you never know. <laughs> I feel pretty new still. And I feel, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and, and with COVID, it's like, yeah, I just That's started true. getting out there. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah, no, I know for, for designers that I've chatted with that I've met through through the podcast and through our Discord, I um so many of them have been doing this for a couple of years now, so they haven't been to a convention. They haven't, you know, uh, like one of them was saying, "I've never made a physical prototype. I've only ever done it digitally." Wow, yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's, it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna be so weird for you. <laughs> <laughs> when did you uh When did you start doing game design? Uh, I came up with the idea for my first game in May 2017. And by September 2017, it was funded on Kickstarter. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I did a sprint. <laughs> That's impressive. That is really impressive. Thanks. Uh, um, yeah, I was hooked immediately and, and just was so excited that that's what it that's what ended up happening. That's awesome. That's awesome. And and to go be able to go that quickly and then succeed is even better, right? Yes, <laughs> it was quite fantastic. I still pinch myself. Yeah. And so yeah, first game came out in March 2018. And that was You Think You Know Me. So my first game. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you've been busy since then, uh, knowing that uh, if you just started right back then, uh, yeah, you've been very busy over the course of the last few years. Yeah, when the ideas come and I get excited, I like I said, I just go running off and <laughs> go for it. I do the research and start creating immediately and start trying to prototype and getting people to play. And if it all goes well, then I, yeah, just keep on at it. <laughs> have you uh, have you been able to like you know I know thinking about the type of games that you make, and we'll get to that in a minute here, but. Uh, you uh, do, are you able to do a good amount of online playtesting, or does do you feel like it really needs to be physical, like in well, person? Luckily, for the first game, it was all in person playtesting, mm-hmm. and uh, for my second game, it was the beginning, just at the beginning of the pandemic. So I had a little bit of in person playtesting, okay, um, because it came out um, my Kickstarter started right as the pandemic started in March okay, 2020. Okay, wow, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I had done my playtesting uh, for the most part uh, for my second game, and then my third game was all online playtesting, mm-hmm. and my fourth game as well, all online playtesting and, like, minimal family, close friends. 
Right, right. That'll be yeah. nice then to start getting back to in-person playtesting, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, it'll be incredible. <laughs> yes. Are you hoping to hit any conventions this coming for this year or next year? Well, I just went to my first uh, first uh, business-to-business convention. I went to Gamma Expo. Awesome, and, awesome. Yeah, which was amazing. I won the inaugural Horizons Fellowship, one of the Uh, Yeah, yeah. So I won one of the placements in that fellowship last summer, Mm -hmm. or sort of early fall last year, uh, is when we started. And there were five publishers that won and five retailers. So what they did was they mentored us and they paid for us to go to Gamma Expo, and it was fantastic. It was a really, really cool experience. Gave us a little money. It was lovely. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So I hope nice. to pass pass on everything I've learned and experienced and make the next uh, Horizons Fellowship even better. That's awesome. Oh, that's yeah. super awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that. I Gamma is not one that I've ever been to um, and know a lot less about it than I probably should. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to so, get on yeah, with Gamma. Gamma's great. So I've done very, very little publishing of my own, mostly of, you know, getting published by others. So so yeah, it's just not been something that I've, it's not been a big priority for, you know, um, but yeah, as, as we move forward, I think it's worth checking out. So yeah, Gamma um, Expo this year really focused not only on publishers and retailers, but also on media. It was the first year that, to my knowledge, that they mm-hmm. really did have a track for media. And that was really cool. We did, you know, I think they had like a publishers uh, and media speed dating uh, experience. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. And then we did a first look room. So I got to hang out with one of my new games. And then people That's would come cool. in and take photos, ask questions about the specific new game. So, yeah, they really did a great job. I highly recommend. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I will. Uh, I'll have to put that on my radar and check that out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, so uh, yeah, so what what we've been talking about here a little bit without is you know your company, uh, Pink Tiger Games, uh, that you uh, founded uh, with your first game. Um, and one of the things that I first saw about Pink Tiger was right on the homepage. You have emblazoned um, this mm-hmm. this information that I I love, and this is what drew me to want to talk to you immediately was that Pink Tiger Games makes sweet, kind games to connect people and make them feel seen and heard. And I was like, I can't think of a better mission than that with, with games. <laughs> like that is Thank games you. have this way just in general of connecting us. Right. Totally. Yeah. Um, and they can connect us in good ways usually, but also not good ways sometimes. Right. And so sure. the idea that you're focused on that, I, I love that. What, what was the inspiration for that being your kind of your motto and your goal with, with, uh, with games? Well, I love conversation. I love connecting with people. I think that the more time we spend one-on-one together in a way that people feel respected and cared for and listened to when you feel listened to uh, will just make positive memories. So the idea behind Mm -hmm. each of my games is that they need to be easy to learn, quick to learn, Anyone can, you know, pick up how to play them within, you know, 30 seconds. You can open one of my boxes, I hope, and just start playing with cards and figure out your way to play if you don't even want to read the rules. Because let's be real, not everybody reads the rules 
nope, guilty. I, I, <laughs> I, I play less new games than I should simply because I don't like reading rules for new games if, whenever I can avoid it. I'll, if, if there's somebody I'm playing with, I'm like, oh, you, you can teach it if you know it. That's great. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> right? Yeah. So the idea is that, yeah, easy, quick to learn, inclusive. Uh, I don't use gendered language if I can absolutely help it. All of my second game doesn't have any pronouns in it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, I want everyone to feel they belong and I want people to gather together in a hopefully positive way. And you really, of course, with everything, you get out of it what you put into it. So mm-hmm. I hope that my games inspire people to connect. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And were you, um, were you, uh, were you into games like before Were you playing games and such like before that, or was this kind of this epiphany where it got you both into games and designing games? Yeah, that's a good question. I've always liked games, but I mm-hmm. would never have considered myself a gamer. Like you'll probably never ever see me, you know, sit down for, you know, an hour setup and then a seven hour game. Like that's, yeah, it's right. just not, it's just, it's not who I am and that's okay. I I like, uh, but, how should I say this? Um, yeah, I primarily enjoy games that, are going to facilitate some sort of conversations, some sort mm-hmm. of storytelling, right, uh, right. you know, things like that. The storytelling that's authentic to the people that are at the table and gathering mm-hmm. together. Yeah. So I love games. And when I was a kid, I loved, you know, game shows and video games and card games and, uh, you know, simple puzzle games, things like that were mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. my very favorite. And the games I recently bought I didn't own Sushi Go, so I just bought Sushi Go, and I just That's bought a great one, yeah. <laughs> and I just bought uh, a game. I I might get the title wrong, but I think it's called the the Death Deck, and it's a game where you talk about um, end of life stuff. So I was oh, sort wow. of interested in that. And when I started to play that with my family, we literally got one card in, and it took over the entire conversation for the evening. <laughs> so, wow! Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess mission accomplished for replayability. I mean, geez. Yeah, like, yeah. You just, I don't know how many cards are in that deck, but if you got one per right. conversation, that's pretty impressive. Maybe like a year. I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, though that's in that's I mean, I I think that makes sense to me, you know, that you can you can be somebody who in, enjoys games kind of, you know, on the uh, uh you know, in a very specific way, right? And then realizing that you can that there are other people that enjoy games in that incredibly specific way right and that Mm -hmm. you can share that with them um i I love that you know and and i think we all have obviously like you know i I would consider myself a gamer i play lots of games and lots of different style games but that one hour setup seven hour game is something i would never go near like that's you know (laughs) um i feel like too like as i get older and play more games i want my games to be quicker and you know like an hour tops or less mm-hmm. if i can you know i want them to really uh, and i want them to be something special right something that that does create um an interesting connection there right that you know that win or lose the game creates good memories and you know it makes it um it makes yeah it just makes the time enjoyable not just competitive right yeah some of the the best feedback I've uh, I've received uh, multiple times throughout the years has been 
that people who are hyper competitive and maybe stay away from from games for that reason mm-hmm. enjoy playing my games because they don't care if they That's win great. or lose they just want the experience or right right and on the other hand there are people who think they don't like games but they like to play my games so nothing to do with being competitive they're just like yeah games really aren't for me but my games are for you i hope Mm -hmm. so that Mm -hmm. that has been my experience which is so cool so great so i feel like my games can belong in a lot of different hands for a lot of different people Mm -hmm. you can they should be on the shelves maybe it should they you know they can be on the shelves of hardcore gamers because it'll give you a little candy between you know sets if you will like you know just do a little something that you know connects people and makes people hopefully laugh or think and then move on to your you know your more hardcore game awesome cool Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I I know as somebody who previously used to host game nights um, and hope to hope to do that again soon. Yes. (laughs) um, I would look at the list of people coming to a game night and I would pick games based on that. Right. Mm Because I have like 200 plus games. I mean, I have so many games, too many games. I haven't played (laughs) several of those games. Um, But uh, I I find myself, you know, looking through like, okay, who's coming? What are they going to enjoy? You know, and then and then picking, you know, what what I think would work for that group. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that that's having those options is is great. Right. And that's one of the beautiful things we've seen with the growth of the industry is that mm-hmm. more and as more people get pulled in, um, there are more types of games that people want to play. And and I, I think that, you know, when you said people say, you know, I, I don't I don't care for games, but they like your games. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's that they don't like it's not that they don't like games. It's that there's some stigma for them mm-hmm. about games they've played. Right. Totally. Yeah. That they don't like um, and that that's fair. Right. I and mean, we all have stigmas about like, oh, I don't like this type of thing. And then and then you see it in the right light or you see the right example of it and you're like, oh, I do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I think that, yeah, I think that it's fantastic that um that gamers are getting pulled into that or new gamers are getting pulled into that right i guess people are getting turned into gamers because they um are finding themselves uh interested in um in games like yours i think that's that's great you know thanks um, i think so too and i think that the pandemic showed us that people wanted to gather for uh, gather together and spend time together in all different ways. I mean, puzzle sales went up like bananas, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and people wanted a variety of things to do with their families and their f- close friends while they were stuck at home. And 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 what's so interesting too is that game sales haven't gone down as far as I know. Like it's still mm-hmm. picking up. It's nope. amazing. We yep. all really want to spend time together, and I we think do. that's we really do. lovely and so important. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I think that's absolutely right. And I think that one of the things that's always been interesting to me is that when you, um, when I was introducing games to friends, I found like even friends who played a lot of games that sometimes you'd have to look at like the theme of the game and say, is this something that will interesting them, be interesting to them? You could yeah. take the exact same game, right? Like yeah. you could take 
say you're you think you know me game and like so what's what's the theme of you think you know me you think you know me was inspired by how we all think we know so much about each other because of everything we know we post online on social uh-huh, media uh-huh. all the time but there's always more to learn about even our closest people mm-hmm. uh, we think we've heard all the stories we haven't you know our opinions and our favorites change all the time our memories that we can share change so yeah it was just born of all the assumptions we make and that people are endlessly mm-hmm. fascinating. And if we yes. give, if we Indeed. give each other space to change, to, mm-hmm. you know, if we're stay curious about each other, what a gift. So that yes. the yes. whole idea behind you think, you know, me is the gift of curiosity. I hope that you never assume, you know, and so each card is, you know, an I know statement. <laughs> so right, you, right. you are boasting, you're like, I know you, you know, prefer this, right. or I know blank about you because of this. Um, and that's the, you know, the beauty of it, I hope is that people, you know, feel like someone is paying attention to them that either they've mm-hmm. just met, or that they care about, or they work with, and you know, or family, friends, and uh, you're having that moment to connect and pay attention Mm-hmm. And then you're giving your guess, and then the person who you're guessing it about has to say, "Nope, you got it wrong. You have to draw again." Or, "Yes, you got it right. You can discard." Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. game is you just want to lose all your cards. That's do you think you know me? Oh, that's fantastic, and it's so simple. Like in the best so way, simple. I love that. Yeah, I always point out to designers when I say that's a simple idea. That's great. Like, is that I? I mean that as a compliment, right? Thank I you. Think, yeah, I think the hardest games to design are games with minimal mechanics that are replayable and fun and clever. Like that is. Oh, I hope. I I really do. (laughs) I think think any designer and um, people are going to super disagree with me, but that's fine. (laughs) I think that any designer given enough time and effort could design a good complex game. Like if they, you give them years and the right play testers, they could design a good complex Euro with fun systems and all sorts of things. But I do not think you could take any old person and give them the ability to design a compact experience like that is super rules light and incredibly fulfilling and deep. It's hard, right? It's hard. It's where I, I see these games, you know, like a game like this, like you see it and you're like, why didn't I think of that? Like, it's such a, if, if what I love about those games is when someone explains to you, like this feels so obvious yet no one else thought of it. Right. Which is, that's like, that is what really, I love that about, about games that are rules light and deep experience because yeah, it's, there's some sort of magic in that. I feel like. I hope so. And I think it's the people that bring the magic to it. I wrote the cards, but you know, you are going to bring you into it and that is what's lovely people. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, in that too, like that's where I can totally see where you take the basically, even if though it's if it the idea of I don't know if you classify like a game like that to you as like a party game. Um, I mean, do yeah, you... I mean that's what I I call it a conversation icebreaker party yeah. game. I try to like ease into that. Like that's what I that's what I usually say. I say a conversation right. or icebreaker. Um, but yeah, you can truly play it with anyone and it is good at parties. So, you know, go for it. (laughs) Right, right, right. I know that party games get that certain, and I don't even mean this negatively, but that certain stigma of like, like, I don't even know how to describe it where they're, they're fun in a different way. Right. Whereas this could invoke deeper conversations. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, 
that's what's great about this. Um, but it is a party game, right? But I can it see is. why you don't yeah. want to be like, play this new party game by Pink Tiger Games because <laughs> right. it's because that kind of is is a misnomer. So yeah, I I, I totally get that. Yeah, I've had um, people tell me they've had very serious conversations with you think you know me. I've had two different couples reach out to me and tell me that they got engaged faster and decided to get married because they got to know each other in a deeper way that they that the cards facilitated i mean are you kidding that's amazing and they're both married it's now the game's been out for four years and both of those couples are married that's fantastic (laughs) it's wild (laughs) right right no it's in in what i love too is like you said that the people bring the players they Mm -hmm. bring the the deepness to the game right mm-hmm. um and uh and yeah and in and, and i think you know i was talking earlier about like the idea of theme can be limiting right like i you could take this game say and i know this is a not a one-to-one correlation but let's say instead this was a game about medieval intrigue but the <laughs> same mechanics except for instead of being about you and i having a conversation we were trying to make these guesses about these characters right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and even if it played exactly the same, obviously it wouldn't. But even if it was just <laughs> as fun, you would have people that that wouldn't be interesting to because of the theme, right? Sure. But you take a theme like this, this basically says, do you use social media? Do you think you know your friends on social media? And do you think you know your friends from hanging out with them and stuff? Play this game and find out. Like, <laughs> that's like anyone who enjoys hanging out with people is going to want to do that. Right. Like, so I mean, I it's, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I just, it's like a sneaky game where it's like, Hey, let's play this game. That really is, feels like at the, at the very basic level of it, like an organized conversation. Sure. That totally. guides it. And I, yeah. I think that's, I think that's great. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. So, uh, I mean, isn't that why we're on social media anyways, to share and to learn about other people? Like should be right. Right. <laughs> uh, that's not what always happens. I mean, and, and <laughs> memes, but you know, <laughs> little this, little that. Yeah, and right? <laughs> I always say, you know, quietly that you think, you know, me is a wonderful sneaky way to get your teenagers to talk to. So either talk oh, to each other. Good. Yeah. yeah. Teen, teens really like to play. You think you know me. They will take it away into their bedrooms with their friends. And I think that's so great. I've had uh, librarians from middle schools reach out to me and be like, mm-hmm. this is so good for them. Like they just go mm-hmm. and they'll play. And I'm like, that's amazing. Um, yeah. So it's, that, it's a sneaky way to get your teen to talk. <laughs> that, that's, that's fantastic. Um, that makes me wonder, like, is this something somebody could play in an office? Like, or do you feel like it's too personal? Or No, no, no. I always say with my games that you can, I think it leaves it open to sharing as much or as little as you want. Okay. okay. I try, there, there are no strict parameters about what you have to share. So I think okay. if you are a private person, you can still play. You think you know me. Oh, yeah. That's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Because I think that would be the barrier to some people, right. Would be that, Oh, I don't want to share too much, but knowing that you yeah. don't have to, if you don't want to, um, that's great. That, that doesn't leave anyone out who, you know, is a little more cautious about what they share with others. Yeah. So. Cause I do have people that are private in my life. And so I do try to think of everyone I know and care about and think about mm-hmm. what their playing experience will be like with, that's with all of my games. Yeah. And of course, a hundred percent of my games aren't going to be a for a hundred percent of the people, but, no, if I, no, no. but I always care about how people are experiencing, right, right. you know, my games. Right. Yeah. Yeah, every game should be available for everyone, but every game is not necessarily for everyone. Totally. Right? Because yeah. 
That's and there's nothing wrong with that, right? If I mean, I wish for everyone but... <laughs> we would have some very straightforward games that some. I mean, it's just not possible. It's literally impossible. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we, there's so many tastes in games. Totally. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure there are some people who are like heavy gamers who like heavy strategy who look at a game like this and they're like, oh, I don't ever want it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. no, 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 no. Like, and that's okay, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. But please. every once in a while, you're going to get one of those people pulled in because of a group that they have that is into that and that might help open them up. And so that's, that's cool. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> um, So thinking about this, you know, this kind of goal you have um, and, and how you, how you did it with, you think, you know, me, I'm curious, you know, what, what do you see as like having done now, you've got three published games. The fourth one is coming out, which we'll talk about that one a bit later, uh, which is lost for words. Uh, but you also have Rabbit Rabbit and Flatter Me. Yes. I, I'm curious, do you kind do what do you use? Like, do you have any like hard or fast rules that you try to follow around what it takes to make a game where you can get these conversations and where you can make people make people connect and feel seen? I mean, are there any kind of best practices that, that at least you're using? Right. Um, so my that? process each time has just been in a moment something I'm inspired by. So I, I, that's where my jumping off point begins, uh, that that pull towards something. So for you think you know me, it was the moment of like, we all think we know so much, you know, and boom, and there, there it went. And then for Flatter Me, a compliment battle card game, which you battle. Which is a great, a great name, a great tagline for a game. I love that. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So Flatter Me uh, came to me because like I had a group text with a bunch of friends. Uh, I live in Portland, Oregon. So a bunch of my mm -hmm. Portland friends, uh, we had a group text where everyone was always just hyping each other up, you know, and saying such sweet things to each other. And I was like, oh, I really would just want to make this into a game form. And it could be played mm -hmm. like the classic card game of war. And instead of battle, you know, just, you know, the predictability of war being numbers, you know, you'd have to lay down a compliment. And if that, if you and I were playing and I laid down a compliment and you laid down a compliment at the same time, if the one that I put down suited you and the one that you put down suited me, then we'd have to war it out until one mm -hmm. of us won a compliment. Like, you know, if I got one that I was a good cook, then like in the one that you got was that you're a good communicator or whatever, then you'd get all the cards, you know, because I'm a terrible cook, FYI. So, um, <laughs> so uh, Flatter Me is just, you know, I, I, I should be more, I can't be objective. It's my game. Like, it's just really charming. It's really sweet. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And I thought that people would play it fast. Like when I first designed it and first started writing. Mm -hmm. But what happened was during playtesting, people super slowed down and gave each other compliments really authentically and with all this genuine heart and really listened to uh, what the other person was saying. And I was like, this is incredible. Like I was tearing up all, like through playtesting. It was so That's good. Fantastic. It was really cool because the care that people were taking in this game and then also the next moment, like laughing and throwing down cards and then like, you know, and then slowing down again. It was just, yeah. So flatter me. <laughs> um, it has been a joy to be out in the world for me personally. And I, love that that, I love that it feels like the opposite of so many games like that are like, let, I mean, like not directly, but so many games that are like, let's sling insults and like, let's, 
say negative things and, you know, and, and gross and not funny things. And then you're like, Hey, let's be nice to each other. And like, let's, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, in the idea that you could win because you've complimented someone better than they complimented you. Like, <laughs> I mean, fantastic. yeah, truly will flatter me. There is a win state, but like, you know, whether or not you're the person who gave a bunch of compliments or you're the person who received a bunch of compliments, like eh, you decide who wins, <laughs> you know? Right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. Right. I mean, the, 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 the game winner is the person who gave the best compliments, but the concession prize is that you received the yeah. best compliments. I mean, that's, <laughs> That's not so bad. No, no. <laughs> that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good, um, that's a pretty good uh, loss condition. <laughs> I a hope consolation so. prize. I like that. <laughs> All my games are very sneaky that way. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I also wrote each card in Flatter Me uh, to be given away as an individual gift. So like uh, you can put it in, you know, in a gift card or in a, with a oh, present, or you can sneak it to nice. someone when they want to pick, when you, when they think, when you think they need a pick me up. Um, I suggest people keep them on their desk for affirmations for yourself. Like mm -hmm. it has a variety of uses. And yeah. um, when it first came out, Danny Lowe from Pandasaurus, well, now she just moved on to a new job. Yes, she did. Yes. yes. Yeah. She actually has been on the show before. Yeah. She's yeah, fantastic. She was yeah. red. So she got flatter me and she, excuse me, and she sent out Flatter Me cards in her Palantines to all these different oh, game nice. people. And I got to see as people received their Palantines with Flatter Me cards and oh, mm -hmm. that, that ruled. That was really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. 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 And I mean, having a game that both is a game and something people may buy to just give pieces of it away. Mm -hmm. That's also a nice side benefit, right? Like it's an extra win for the game. I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks. And then what, what inspired rabbit rabbit? Uh, so rabbit rabbit came because I've always loved um, myths and folklore and superstitions. Mm -hmm. And it was holidays, um, 2019. Mm -hmm. And I came upon an article uh, all about New Year's superstitions. And I started reading it aloud to my friends that, you know, that were around me at that moment and they were really engaged in in this content, in this superstitions, mm -hmm. New Year's content. And I was like, oh, there might be a game there because I love this and I want to learn more about it. So from that point on, uh, I just started researching. So it took about a year of researching and writing. And I collected over 1,000 myths and superstitions and pieces wow. of folklore because I wanted to you know, dive really deep into it mm -hmm. and really give it its due. So it was really important to me to really have it well-researched. So uh, Rabbit Rabbit is a trivia game based on those, uh, on that research that mm -hmm. I did. Yeah. So the front of the card has a bit of superstition with a blank and four possible answers. And mm -hmm. then when you turn it over, you have the answer with a little bit more context or a story about the piece of folklore. Oh, so, nice. So not only do you get, you know, you play it, but then you're also getting to learn about the actual, um, what the actual myth or superstition is. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's another game where like, I might just buy that just to read it. it yeah. It's funny. Fun <laughs> yeah. Definitely has a nice solo mode on that. Yes. I, <laughs> so. I did say it's one to 10 players on the box because you can totally just quiz yourself or you can play mm -hmm. with teams and a big group. You can have a 
you know, a trivia host. Like it has so oh, many, yeah. so many ways to play. Yeah. And I did try to make it hard. Some of the cards I tried to make really funny. I mean, mm-hmm. you'll find superstitions that are very popular as well as hopefully ones you have never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> nice nice yeah. well with as many as you said are in there my gosh i have to imagine there are some when some that you haven't heard of <laughs> yes wow. i hope so i hope so yeah i mean that's again i just wanted to make sure i really respected the whole history and culture of mm-hmm. of superstitions too yeah which is that is great too i mean that's great to uh yeah to, to make sure you're doing it in a way that is um you respectful know, respectful yeah. that's what i was looking yeah. for yeah i was gonna say complimentary but that's the last <laughs> Still, um... yeah and it's and superstitions can be so personal so i even put oh, that yeah. in the role booklet like if you celebrate you know if you celebrated if you um if this superstition meant something different in your family then change it up you know don't right. go by what right. i said on the card do you mm-hmm. you know right right yeah, yeah. Sure. well and i'm sure that's the case i mean there are so many superstitions and myths that have moved down through the generations and been so different for you know for different people even though they're this they have the same starting point right i mean yeah because it goes from being that to being a tradition that's celebrated in your family or your group or your circle whatever you know and that's yeah right yeah what you know what did your family share what did they tell you and it was also super interesting because anywhere in the deck where you don't see me say this is exactly where it came from it means that i found it in too many places to mention you know, oh, wow. it, it was around yeah, the globe yeah. at different, at different times in different places. Mm-hmm. So it was impossible for me to say, this is it. This was the origin. <laughs> I couldn't do it. That's super fun. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. So, so it sounds like you're really, you know, you're picking up the inspiration for these around, you're just being very observant and, and you're doing what you want your games to do, right? You're being curious about what, you know, when you say, oh, you know, I, I see this is how we're interacting. I wonder if this yeah. could be game or an experience that people would enjoy um enjoy together yeah yeah i want i want the things i create i want to do the things that i love so if i love them i hope i bring that whole vibe into you know all the way through creation into every single card i want you to know that like i spent time with it i love it it is not to get too lofty but it is kind of like my art you know like it is oh yeah yeah yeah. it's from my heart it's my art and I and I yeah I spend a lot of time with it so it has to be something I truly Mm -hmm. love you know Mm -hmm. yeah I mean we hey we've done whole episodes more than one on games as art right I mean Mm. because that's that is something that that I think is important to remember is that games are art and I I think what's what's so important about that is a couple different levels there obviously when like you said it's kind of lofty right when you say your games are art you're you're elevating them right you're putting them a bit on a pedestal and saying like look at this in this way mm-hmm. it's not just entertainment it is it is art right i mean it's cinema that sort of thing you know uh right all, all different ideas around what what is art but the other thing i think that it does is it makes way for games like you're trying to create right where like if if games are just a functional way to have fun and competition like that doesn't sound like art right it sounds like an a way to be engaged and be entertained mm. but when you talk about it as art it, it i think it just i think it helps to free up the parameters and make it more loosely defined right because no one can really tell you exactly what art is right it's mm-hmm. it's this loosely defined idea mm-hmm. so so yeah i think it makes so much sense 
um, that you're considering the games like that because I think I think we all should, right? Yeah, like, I think it's cool to think of them as like immersive art experiences. Yes, you know? yep. Uh, and yeah, and I think of it as I'm very visual. So even when mm-hmm. I'm, even though it's a, you know, I'm trying to make these nice looking boxes. So with each box that I make, each artist I hire, whatever I'm doing, I'm also so visual that I'm, I'm thinking about the whole experience, how it's on the table, mm-hmm. you know, who is playing in all different kinds of settings. Like those are all things that I'm trying to think of as I create the game experience. Yeah. So to me, it is art. And I would love to see this is, I haven't said this out loud, um, but I think it would be so cool if like Barnes and Noble and like, you know, bookstores would have Mm -hmm. game designers just like they have art, you know, have author events. Like, I think that would be amazing and have, you know, game designers sign games. It would be really cute and really fun. I think people would be super into it. And you kind of, you kind of went to where I was going, you know, I, one of the things I was thinking about with, with with your games specifically, but games in general, and something that's really important to me is um, is the experience design, right, of the game, and and trying to figure out like what experience do I want people to have in this game, and I think that it's something speaking back to art, right? It's something that's considered with a lot of art is how do I want people to experience this art, whether it's a film or you know any other sort of like you know fine art or or whatever, right? Um, you, you think about how you want people to to go into that experience, how you want them to experience it, and then how you want them to leave from that experience, right? Those are kind of the three of the pillars, I think, of that. And and I think that it's just as important with games. And then I, I think that it's something that that more designers should think about, right? Because it even if you're designing, you know, a, a strategy game that's supposed to just be kind of like, like not super story driven or whatever, like I still think that that, considering how you want people to feel when they play the game and how you want them to experience it is really, really important. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I'm assuming you agree with that, but give me your take on that. <laughs> no, I, I do agree with it. And I think all I can do is hope, right? So, and also that goes into play testing. Mm-hmm. I, I've never had an experience, knock on wood, that, you know, I see people uncomfortable. So that's, that, you know, that would shift me away from any project I was doing. Oh, mm-hmm. I take that back. I I did create a game oh. that I played with my son and my husband because my son mm-hmm. is now 17. Um, and as we were playing it, I was like, there's just no way to make this comfortable. Like I couldn't do it. And the game mm-hmm. was called um, Bother Me. And it was talking about hard stuff culturally really hard stuff really questioning Mm -hmm. your biases and I really wanted to go in that direction Mm -hmm. with this particular game but I felt slowly that the game wasn't mine to make like it's an important Mm -hmm. subject but maybe as a white woman I just wasn't I wasn't the one to do it and I couldn't find a way with my family to make it be like this is fun and interesting um, or, or get, right, right. get it really moving. So um, in the way that I had my lofty ambitions, how I wanted it to go. So yeah. So I abandoned that one. Um, but again, it was like the hope of the experience and this framework that I wanted to use that just didn't work out. 
And that's mm-hmm. the joy of playtesting and playtesting with people you trust. Um, because right, right. luckily I don't have, uh, you know, a, I don't have people in my household. My husband and my son are not yes people. They're not going to be like, oh, so good. This is great. Right, right. Yeah. My wife is the same way. She'll be like, what the hell is this game? Yeah, they, like, no, this doesn't work. <laughs> Which yeah, I appreciate. Like, yeah. be honest with me. Tell me when it's bad, right? Oh, that's my great. God. Yeah. My, they really push me to to make everything I do better. It's rad. That's great. Yeah. That is, those are great people to have around for you because <laughs> yes. um, especially for the last couple of years, yes. right? You know, and, yes, very much. And, and the ability to, to play test a game that had you brought that to a different audience may have been frankly, really upset about that. Right. Like yeah. you know, for, yeah. for your, your family to be able to say, you know, like, I don't know that this is it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, right. better for As me to have to... some handwritten cards that I've, you know, spent mm-hmm. a few months on and lay it out and go, oh, can I can I bring this back to you? Can we try this one more time? And them going, okay. And then when we do it again, this still isn't there. Same we, problems. Okay, <laughs> we're just gonna give it up. I usually right. know within um, a couple of playtests whether or not mm-hmm. I'm going to continue. And I always do that's hand- good. Yeah, I always do handwritten stuff first, anyway. Yep, and yeah. it's just that's very efficient, you know. Yeah. But, but kudos to you for for realizing that that wasn't your game to make or your story to tell. That's something we've talked about before too, with you know, um, like really thinking about I want to make this game, but is it my game to make? Yeah, right? Like, is it's it not? Um, that's okay. you know, I mean, and I, I mean, I'm a white guy, right? Like, so like I really want to be think about that, right? To say like, hey, is this Am I making the right game or am I, you know, stepping into someone else's culture in a way that's, you know, to where even if I'm being respectful, is is it is it my story to tell? Right. And yep. so and I, I know that from when I first started games 10 plus years ago, I know I have designs. I have designs I pitched on the show that I would never make now because I'm mm. like, you know, like it just it's not it's like that wasn't my they weren't necessarily a disrespectful idea, mm-hmm. but it was, this not my story to tell. Right. So like let someone else, let someone whose story this is to tell, tell that story, you know? Yeah. Um, See, because that's, that's part of the change and being curious and being open yeah. and yeah. Right. It's right. So important. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And I, I mean, I, I still think that we can, we can tell stories that aren't a hundred percent in our experiences. Right. Mm-hmm. by getting feedback from those who it is their experiences and, and doing things like hiring sensitivity consultants or cultural consultants. I think that's super important. I've got a game that we're working on with a publisher right now that is, um, uh, it's steeped in, uh, uh, um, Irish history. And so we have somebody who's making sure that we're getting all of this stuff, right. Mm. Right. We're not just like, like, you know, Americanizing crap and being like, right? I mean, because that's... Yeah, we've done it for too long. We got to knock that off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, kudos to you, though, for thinking about that. And I mean, I I think that was what would set your game apart, set your games apart from what I was talking about earlier, where you've got this game that's like, let's flatter people, not like let's insult people or let's, you know, make snide, snide jokes and such. Mm-hmm. Um because I don't, I, I, I mean, I know from some of those games, um, some very popular games that I won't mention, but everybody knows what I'm talking about, um, that really do just try and punch down and be awful and culturally insensitive because they think it's funny. Um, and uh, clearly a lot of people agree because those games were wildly successful. Um, but uh, 
but it's too bad, right? It's too bad. Yeah, it's not something I feel comfortable with. You know, I don't. I don't want to punch down. I don't want to punch up. Right. I don't want to punch right. anywhere. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't, don't, don't want to punch. punch down. No, yeah. lift up. If right. I'm going to fight, I'm going to fight to lift everyone up. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, and that's that's fantastic. You know, um, it's a, it is a, it is a lofty goal, but it's a good goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I want to I want to help. I don't want to hurt. If so, gosh, you know, I really hope that right, I'm helping right. and not hurting. Yeah. And I, and mm-hmm. I, you know, if I do hurt along the way, gosh, I hope I can make it up to anyone that I hurt. Like, I just, I want to, I want to, I want to be the person in the world that I, you know, dream of being, dreamt of being when I was a kid. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I want to be, right, right. you know, dreamy and kind and fun and, you know, and live an inspired life as much as I can. <laughs> mm-hmm. This has been a very dreamy conversation so far. <laughs> you know, like this, these are these are my, you know, my ambition is yeah, to spread kindness as, you know, as cheesy as that might sound. We just have so much negativity and there is so much to be sad about and I'm not even I'm not about toxic positivity either. I'm about authentic right, right. authentic yeah, communication, yeah. authentic mm-hmm. um connections you know, yeah, showing up however you feel you want to show up. Right, right. And that is the note about toxic uh, positivity there is, is yeah, is, is good because I, I do think that, um, I do think that that is something where it's very well-intentioned mm, <laughs> sometimes, yeah. but is not, yeah, but is, it certainly is not taking into account um, the position that the other person is in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah and you never Speaking know. Speaking of social media, yeah. see a lot of that there, right? <laughs> yeah. And you never know what people are going through. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I've really tried to impart to my kids. Mm-hmm. It's a really hard lesson to teach, right? Of like, um, you know, when someone sees you and you're having a bad day, nobody knows that. Right. So like, but, but the same goes for them, right? They might be having a rough day and, uh, and you can, you can, think that oh this person's a jerk or this person's just mean and or they're just having a really rough day right and they could use some kindness not yeah. you know and not rough, more punching down right? yeah and a rough day can show up looking like so many different things to so many different people right. it could be sad it could be mad it could be a fake smile you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah we get, we just can't make these assumptions about each other <laughs> right right how old are your kids uh, they are 10 and eight, soon to be eight. So within a month. So yeah, Aww. but she's eight going on about 40. So, um, <laughs> Give a little yeah. wise one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but they're, they're good kids. Nice. They are good kids. Uh, but yeah, the last couple of years have been tough and games have helped a lot with that, you mm-hmm. know? So, mm-hmm. you know, I think about a game like, um, you think you know me and that's a game that I would totally try and get them to play right where we yeah. can talk about you know yeah. like i do um, on my games i do say 14 plus but it's mostly just because they're card games and i see no reason to you know do all the safety testing for eight and above agree. Et yes et yes but whenever yeah. i see 14 plus i'm like yeah you yeah. said that but you didn't mean that <laughs> you meant it was expensive and not worthwhile right <laughs> basically yeah, do i have yeah. to put more stuff on the box no right. leave me alone um what's cool about you think you know me and kids i found because i did play test it um years ago when my one of my nephews was nine or ten at the time and 
the joy of his curiosity, like genuinely wanting to get things mm-hmm. right about his aunts and uncles and, you know, grandma, like he was so stoked. It was so mm-hmm. cool. And I've been told that now that it's been out in the world for, you know, a few years, like people have said, oh gosh, you know, my niece is young as six, loves it because she, you know, she wants to get things right about the people she loves. And it's so mm-hmm. cute. It's awesome. That is, that is. No, I, my kids, the reason that, that made me think about them for a game like this is they'll do this thing where we'll be like, We'll be talking and we'll talk like, well, somehow this one comes up a lot. Like we'll talk about something that happened on a vacation that was not bad, but like wasn't the plan. Right. So yeah. like my wife and I look, oh, yeah, this one time we went on this vacation and this thing happened. They're like, oh, can you tell us about another vacation you went on where something went wrong? And like this ended <laughs> up being like an hour long conversation while we were on in the car heading towards a to a vacation. And they were so engrossed in the conversation and so interested because they were just hearing about these interesting experiences that had happened to us that they had no idea. And, Mm. um, and they thought that it was, um, yeah, they thought it was funny. And to be fair, the first thing that actually started it, which is a little gross was, uh, (laughs) my six month old son at the time. Um, he's our older kid who's 10. Now we were driving through Colorado on the side of a mountain and he had a diaper blowout that we had to like, take out his seat and clean it and like we're on like literally stopped on like the edge of a mountain trying to do this and um and so my daughter because kids and you know toilet humor my daughter thought that was hilarious (laughs) and then that but but it ended up sparking this really really awesome conversation where they just wanted to know more and more about experiences that my wife and i had or even that they had but were too young to remember Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. um so that's uh yeah so i think a game like this totally um, works for that. Uh, and yeah, whenever I see 14 plus, I, I like I said, I think, <laughs> yeah, maybe if you, it's when I see 18 plus that I'm like, okay, no. So like clearly right, right. you were trying to, or anything above, frankly, 16 plus, whatever, if it's right. not 14 plus, like that's kind of that code for. Yeah. 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 There's, the only thing that is in you think, you know, me that kids won't really be able to participate in is, and I've even thought about taking these cards out is, you know, it's like, do you prefer, I know you prefer whiskey or gin. So there's just a couple of alcohol cards that you know right right and that's it but one of the funnest ones i think for kids to answer is i know you know you ate this when you were a kid but you wouldn't now and then seeing with their uh, perception of them at 10 years old like oh i, I right. ate this when i was six and i wouldn't eat it now yep. really cute <laughs> right that is that is yeah 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 no um i would definitely uh i would definitely look for those cards that had like the <laughs> The alcohol related stuff and things on that, yeah, but just get them it's out. not gonna hurt. They know what alcohol is. Right, right. Um, you know. If you so. want to skip over them, you can just take right. them out. <laughs> yeah, right. There's five hundred um, cards. It's only a couple. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um fantastic. Well, this has been really interesting. I would love, if it's okay with you, to hear about Lost for Words. Yeah. Um, the game this so this one was on Kickstarter funded. And now is doing all the stuff to get printed and and brought back to you, right? Yes. So Lost for Words uh, took me almost a year as well to research and create. It is Mm -hmm. a game of untranslatable feelings. So it's where you're sharing how you've experienced these words from around the world. And it has some light strategy in it. And I designed it with my now 17-year-old son, Elliot. 
Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So as I was saying before, they're all, my husband and my son are always my first uh, play testers. Mm-hmm. So I had had the idea for Lost for Words and was working with all of these cards with all of these definitions and trying to figure out how I really wanted the gameplay to go. And I wasn't landing it. And finally, my son was like, what if this and what if that? And the game evolved. And I was like, do you want to be my co-designer on this one? And he was like, that'd be cool. So here we are. It's pretty cool. Can't be too excited about it, right? (laughs) No, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I'm totally in love with this game. It's over 300 different words from like 70 different languages. And then, like I said, it has the light strategy cards. So the idea is you're building your hand and you are collecting the symbols. So there's seven symbols. So you have to share seven different mm-hmm. symbols or five of one symbol. And that's the win state. So mm-hmm. um, that's, and then, like I said, then some light strategy. But Lost for Words is just so lovely. And it's such, again, it's just a sneaky way to get your, you know, people around you to talk and share their experiences. Um, these right. words are gorgeous and fun and silly. There's ones, you know, about food. There's ones about, you know, nostalgia, of course. And um, yeah, from all over, 70 different languages. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I, I always love hearing about words where you're like, when somebody says to you, like, I can't tell you how to say that in English. Mm-hmm. There's no, that and then they're the like, whole thing. Yep, yep. they give you like a whole paragraph trying to explain, Yes. well, it means that like and you're like okay i kind of get it right but yeah um i yeah that's that's really cool what a great idea thank you yeah and you can definitely just share your experience with the words you don't have to use the strategy cards if you don't want to the strategy was just sort of like to have it be played more like a game so you can play it as as a you could even use them as writing prompts. They're really creative, mm-hmm. fun words. Yeah. yeah. Or just a, a word a day thing where you could learn yeah. a new word, right? Yeah. I hope so. Cause that, I mean, I, <laughs> of course I love all of my games, but since this is the new one, it's definitely like right, on my right. mind, on my mind the most. And, uh, and the artist that I hired to do it, I just love her name is Rosalie Monegro. She's, uh, on Instagram. She's the inking rose. And I just love the art that she did. And I, I also only, so far I've only worked with women artists, which has meant a lot to me. Uh, for yeah. Flatter Me, uh, the artist is Ashley Goldberg. And for Rabbit Rabbit, a game of superstitions, that one is a tattoo artist here in Portland. Um, named, oh, cool. Yeah, named Kirsten Holiday. So, and then I did, you think you know me with my husband, the, the stripey, the stripey stuff mm-hmm. was all, was all me. And then uh, my nice, husband nice. translated it. He does all my layout and my editing. So nice, yeah, nice. Yeah. I was going to ask how you did that. So yeah, I love the, what I call like the graphic design art. Yeah, it was really important to me. I wanted Flatter Me to look like, um, kind of remind you of, you know, a nice tea box or chocolate or perfume. Oh yeah, I can totally yeah. see that. Yeah. And then you think, you know me, I just wanted it to be bright, fun game. I just wanted it to, mm-hmm. because at first I was trying to go the, like in a, in a darker direction. And I had a friend who loves games, um, it'd be like, Amy, just make the game a game. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh Yeah. And so then I was like, I'm going to just do bright stripes that I just love. Yep, yep. And then Rabbit Rabbit, I wanted it to look like an old um, book and magical and something that, you know, w- would feel vintage and mysterious. And so I feel like that really came out. 
And then for Lost for Words, um, just playful and kind of magical too with the different symbols and things. And my son really wanted it to be purple. So I was like, purple it is. It's a purple game. You got it. Great choice. I know. And it turned out so good. I love all the colors. And Rosalie just did such a great job. But with each game, I always dig deep into design trends and just kind of try to get my brain to work in different ways. I look at everything from makeup packaging to book jackets. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I just love to look at what other people are doing in uh, other mediums in order to inspire what my game will look like. Yeah. That's cool. No, and I think that's, yeah. Again, if you're thinking of it as art, looking at those other mediums especially, I think is is important, you know? Yeah. Um, as I, mean, I said before, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. When I, when you just look at book jackets, just book jacket art alone, mm-hmm. just it is, you will go, you could look at all day long and all week long at book jacket covers. The art's incredible that's out yep. there. Yep. Sorry I interrupted you though. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, that's, I, in, in you're right. I mean, some of those things from other sides, they stand out so much, right? Mm-hmm. That you're like, this is just like, like you see different products, a product you'd never want, but you look at that package and you're just like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, look at that. But I look at the logo, look at how they laid it out. I mean, that really, um, we see some of that is so good that it really can draw your eye to it. I think that's what's cool. What I like about the cover for You Think You Know Me is that it it pulls you in in a way to where like, if you look at like a bunch of party type games, right? Mm -hmm. Sitting on a shelf. So many of them are super low key on not being worried about the art and stuff because that's not what they're trying to sell. Right. But when I see like a rainbow game, I'm like, Oh, I'm interested. Let me look at what that is. Like they clearly wanted this to be bright and fun. Let's see what the game is. So great. Good. (laughs) I'm glad. Yeah. I, Um, I love being inspired by art of all kinds for sure. Yes. Yes. No, me too. I think that it's, uh, I think it's good to, to see other stuff that's out there. Um, looking at your website, I do see, um, you've got your games up here. Flatter me says it's sold out. Are you, are there more of that? Is there more of that coming? Yeah. Is that... Yeah. Flatter me will be here. Uh, you know, who's, who's to say really let's, <laughs> right, right, yeah. let's I'm not trying to put you to a deadline. I was just curious <laughs> if you were making more of them. <laughs> I wish I could tell you let's, um, let's hope, 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 uh, you know, before the holiday season, you know, for 2022, let's hope. Yeah. I'm sold out of flatter me. There are a few on Amazon right now that, um, mm-hmm. that are there, but, and of course stores still have them. Um, so yeah. But they are almost all, they're gone out of my possession, for sure. And then right. Rabbit Rabbit, I don't have many Rabbit Rabbits left either. Um, <laughs> uh, so everything was just ordered, actually. I just ordered cool, You Think cool. You Know Me, Flatter Me, Rabbit Rabbit, and Lost for Words. Everything is on order and uh, will be coming, you know, like I said, let's, let's hope for August. If we're going to really hope, let's hope August. <laughs> yeah, no, that that would be... That would be good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I can, I can totally, I mean, obviously right now there is so much tough stuff with getting this stuff. Yeah. That, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why we're just going to hope. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I know it's like, I never try right now to put somebody to a specific deadline on something with this because I'm like, you have no idea and you have very little control over it when it happened. Right. You can do your part. 
and then you can wait right. and hope. For Lost for <laughs> so. Words for the Kickstarter, I think I said it will land hopefully in November, um, which, you know, if it gets here sooner, then amazing. But uh, last year for Rabbit Rabbit, it was done and at the factory in China by end of July, but I didn't get it until beginning of November. So, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, no shade. Everything's been really hard. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. blessings and love to everyone who's working their right. butts off all around the world, you know? Yeah. Truly, everyone's been yeah. working so hard when truly we just need to rest, you know? Anyway, sorry, that's my, there's that. No, 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 we can't say that stuff enough because, because it's true. Right. And um, yeah, and we have to, we have to think about the fact that everyone is struggling right now and that despite what people like to say, we're not all in the same boat. No, no, yeah, no, it's really hard. It's really Um, hard out there. It's hard for all of us. It's harder for some of us. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we got to think about that. I feel very, very grateful for everyone along the way who works and who's kind, who has patience. Like, oh, I'm always just, you know, no one has been unkind to me. Again, knock on wood. Like nobody's been Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's late. You know, nobody's been like that. Right, right, right. Lovely. Yeah. I do think that is that is partly because of the type of games you're publishing, um, because be- a lot of people, publishers, still get that hate right now. I know. <laughs> so it's so I think, sad. I think you picked, Amy, the right kind of game to publish to have people not be crappy to you on Kickstarter. I hope I didn't well jinx done. myself, though. <laughs> Everyone's so nice to me. <laughs> I think other publishers would be jealous of you for that, because I consistently see them posting how awful people are on Kickstarter. I know. It's heartbreaking. Don't do that, yeah. everyone. Just be patient. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, it's not cool at all. No, so we got I half the time, like I don't even read Kickstarter updates anymore oh. because I'm just like, you know what? Like, it'll get here when it gets here. Right. I just look for the ones that say you have to do the thing, and yeah. then I do the thing. Yes, that's, but other than that, I'm important. like, you know what? Hey, I get it. Like, it's tough. You do what you got to do and get it here when you can. Like. Yeah, um, yeah. I still, I'm still, I guess, one of the few people that still thinks of Kickstarter like it was originally intended to be, which is mm. not just a pre-order service that was guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I do hope that I actually get the product. Sure. That seems fair. Totally. But yeah. if it's got to be delayed, you know, it's got to be delayed. It is what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. I always like to say, um, just because I think it's, uh, uh, what's the word? Transparent. Um, mm-hmm. Is uh, my husband was the first CTO of Kickstarter. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a long history with Kickstarter. Not that I've had any special treatment or anything. No, no, of course not. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. not. We haven't been, like, he hasn't been directly involved for years and years now, too. Um, right, right, but, right. Yeah, he was the first CTO, Kickstarter. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pretty neat. That is. Well, awesome. <laughs> hey, this has been a super fun conversation, and I've really, really enjoyed getting to chat about what you're doing. I think you're doing something awesome. Uh, and I, I hope, you know, I hope more people focus on this kind of stuff. I think it's really important. And I think it's a space in games that needs to be filled and it needs to grow. So, and I, I'm Thank confident you. you will be a large part of that growth with Thank what you've you already put out there. So I really that's hope so. I'm really going to keep trying. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for a lovely conversation. And, uh, I'm hoping, yeah, that more people will be curious about, kind games and give them a try if they haven't <laughs> me too me too so and if you want to get flatter me off uh amazon amazon you should do that soon because i just went and ordered it while we were talking because ah! i wasn't gonna let anybody beat me to the punch Thank since you. i had the inside track here so uh <laughs> yeah 
There were still some left. So good. if you're interested, uh, I just see that as a really good thing to play with my kids uh, to you. help them think about complimenting people. So, yeah. Um, all right. So listeners, I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, of course, you can reach out at buildingthegamepodcast.com. You can email us at buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. At our website, you can find a link to our awesome Discord channel where you can come to our weekly meetups where we uh, chat about accountability and we all keep each other accountable and and honestly just have a good time for 30 minutes and talk about what we're working on. Uh, you can also, of course, find us on the Twitter. That's probably the easiest way. Uh, the podcast is at PodcastBTG. I am at J.A. Slingerland. Amy is at Heart Shaped Sky. And of course, Pink Tiger Games is at Pink Tiger Games. Um, and you can find Pink Tiger Games at PinkTigerGames.com. Check out the games that Amy's been working on. But uh, we hope you come back next week. And until then, good night. Good night, everyone. Thank you so much. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game.